I now can't see you, but I trust that you're there. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to Where We're At. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Lana. And so great that you're going to join us this week. So, Rebecca, where are you at in your midlife life? Like, what is happening? <laughs> I you? Say crisis. What are you feeling <laughs> yeah. like right now? Well, let's lead into today's into today's guest. Okay, so where I'm at is I have for a long time felt that I need to get my health and wellness together. Um, I've always always been relatively healthy, but as I've gotten into my 50s, things have shifted, things have changed. Obviously, there's a vanity component, but also I just want to. Feel oh my god! Better. I oh my god! I I mean, to me, it feels like every day you wake up, something new is breaking out, right? Um, and I just can't like you know, how do we figure that out? What do we need to do in order to be able to have the health, our healthiest selves uh, that we can for as long as we can? Right. And so you have a friend. Um, I have now met her. I'm considering my friend as well. And she has had a couple of different careers, but one of them is as a, as a coach helping people with exactly this Exactly. Topic. And so she's going to join us today. We're going to have an amazing conversation, finding out the five things we all need to be doing going forward in order to live in our best body. I just want to have fun, clap my hands, turn around now and dance, dance, dance. I just want to, I just want to clap, clap. So here we are with Galadriel, Miss G. So, so, so excited that you agreed to join us on our podcast. You and I have known each other for, I mean, for a few years within the fashion industry, right? Um, you as wardrobe stylist extraordinaire and me as um, supermodel. Supermodel, yay! You have always had such a passion about learning about, um, you know, the effects of food on our bodies and people's relationship with food and doing your coaching series. So tell us just a little bit about how you and why you got into that. I have always been completely and utterly fascinated with the science of food on the human body and how we can use food as medicine. It's, you know, some people learn how to knit, some people play pickleball. I, I obsessively read books and listen to podcasts and take classes and certifications on learning anything and everything I can about the topic. I like to think of a health coach as a personal teacher, cheerleader, and occasional ass kicker. So Gladriel, you mentioned to us that you have five things that you think every woman who reaches a certain age should be doing to still recognize themselves during this change. So can you just give us those bullet points? Yes. Okay. So everyone says to me, um, oh, what should I be putting in my diet? What should I be taking out of my diet? And when I talk to them about my own perimenopausal symptoms, they are shocked. But Galadriel, you eat so healthy. And I explain, well, in the same way that you couldn't have out eaten puberty, you can't out eat menopause. Damn it. I, I know. You, you mentioned that when, you know, we were originally approaching you. And I thought that was such a great point because yeah. we do feel we're sort of programmed to think, especially when we're younger, oh, I can out eat, you know, this bulge in my tummy. I can out eat, you know, this, I can out eat that. I can do this. I can do that. But you're Wait, saying, but can you out drink menopause? <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, so you can't out eat it. But exactly. What can you do? 
Well, first of all, what we have to know is that our hormones are 100% driving the bus, running the show. And what we could do is our best to support that and do a couple of little hacks to make this time in our lives easier. So when we look in the mirror, we actually still recognize ourselves instead of going, what the fuck is happening? So my, <laughs> my first advice that people don't like when I say this, stop. Don't look in the mirror. No. <laughs> Take, take all your mirrors down. <laughs> um, stop trying to lose weight. And people, what? But I've gained 20 pounds. I don't fit into any of my old clothes. Da, da, da. Here's the hack. Stop trying to lose weight and instead try to build muscle. Mm. Girl. Mm -hmm. Okay, you're is, speaking to me. Yeah. Talk, the re talk. The reason is when we have fat on our bodies and as women we're going to carry that you know right mm -hmm. here especially the apron. during this time mm -hmm. that apron i have it the muffin top yeah the menno top yes yeah. menno muffin fat takes no energy to sit on your body it takes none muscle on your body takes energy so while okay. i'm sitting here and binge watching my favorite tv show if i have muscle i am burning more calories than if i have fat and what about does it make a difference which show <laughs> so what, are you, like, what are you watching right now i'm watching succession it's super stressful <laughs> it is a very high stress show okay no relaxing shows it's not relaxing um <laughs> Galadriel, it's funny you say that because pre-COVID, when I was in my late 40s, I would go and I was living in Los Angeles and I was, you know, I would go and I would lift weights. Then COVID hits, gym shut down, Rebecca gets very sedentary. I had a Peloton, so I was doing a lot of yeah. spinning around in my garage. And then I noticed a big shift in my body. And I'm always like, I got whammed. I got COVID and I got menopause, perimenopause right at the same time. But in February, I went to a gym. I had like a pre-session oh, yeah, with the guy that. at the gym. And and I he goes, well, what's your, what are your goals? And I said, I just want to be able to eat more. So I know I need to build muscle so that I can keep eating. So what you're saying is I can keep eating, but I need to have turn the fat stuff into muscle is what you're saying. Yes. And, and we're so conditioned, especially from how we all came up with aerobics and everything to cardio, 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 I have to lose weight, yeah. I have to lose weight. Yeah. But how we will actually visually recomposition our bodies is by building muscle very, very consciously. So that leads me to my second point, which is lift heavy weights. So what may be heavy to me would be different than this person and different than this person. Right now for myself, 15 pounds is heavy. So Ow, and she you know, is a beast. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so how you know it's heavy for yeah. you is if towards the end of the set, you are struggling. And if what's your set? How many, how many, uh, let's how many say, reps? Let's say you're going to do 10. If you're still like this at 10, that way ain't heavy enough, honey. You know, I have friends with young children or small dogs and I'll say, well, how much does your dog weigh? 17 pounds. So why are you lifting 10 pound weights? and expecting mm. a change. When you lift this little 17 pound dog. Just lift the, the lift the dog, lift the baby. <laughs> Blaze, come, come Blaze, come. Um, so the, the thing about also that's really important about lifting weights, and to me, not doing this would be like not putting money into a retirement fund and just hoping for the best. When we are lifting heavy weights, we're actually investing in our 60 and 70 year old selves. 
The reason being, when you lift a heavy weight, the muscles and the tendons put strain on your bones. And that is how you build bone density. And that is how we prevent osteoporosis. Oh, enemy osteoporosis. Older yeah. people fall all the time, and often these yes. falls are the beginning of like their true the aging cycles. Yeah, you want to be able to fall and not break a bone. And, and yeah, when you, yeah, and when you fall, you want that grip to be so strong from lifting heavy weights that you could grab something to break your fall. So you've brought this one, lifting the heavy weights, back to hormonal shift as well. Because isn't it true that as we're losing the estrogen? That's what brings on the osteoporosis. Can you explain that a little bit? Yes. Okay. So okay. as our estrogen is leaving the party, yeah. estrogen is our anabolic hormone. The way testosterone is the male anabolic hormone, the, the more we're losing our estrogen, the harder it is to build muscle. Mm. You got those five years before menopause and you got those five years after baby. That is your time to be packing in those muscles lifting those heavy weights. One more one more question on this topic. How many times a week? Oh, great question. So what I would suggest is as many as you can do. I mean, I don't mean all seven, but minimum three. Four okay, is probably like the sweet spot for, for our age group. And then a lot yeah. of women find that also building in like 20 minute hit or Tabata for cardio. What is Tabata? Is also- uh, it's basically like the hit and Tabata theory is it's like 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off, or 30 seconds off. So hard cardio, whether off. it's running or, or biking. Like wind sprints yeah, like or whatever, what they call burst. Yeah, yeah, full burst, and then you slow down. Full yeah, and you, and you mentioned you have a Peloton. You can do those. Peloton yeah, has yeah. lots of I like Tabata the, rides. I like the Tabata rides. They're, you know, they're challenging. Yeah, but. yeah you have a Peloton also, don't you, Gloria? Yeah, I love yeah, it. Yeah, I would love I, I've been meaning to get one. I want to get one. Yeah. Maybe they'll sponsor you after this. Oh, yeah. Okay, what's next on the hit list? Okay, so we said we're going to stop losing weight. We're going to stop trying to lose weight. We are going to recomp our body by lifting heavy weights. So the next really important part, increase the protein. Right. Mm. So many women are under fueling. You know, you'll you'll hear like in our mom and aunt generation, oh well I skip breakfast and then around noon I have some crackers and cheese. Like crackers what? Is there a vegetarian version of that without doing animal protein? You know, I do think that's kind of tough in for for our age group, and I do honor that um lots of people are vegetarian and vegan. And you know. The animal protein is very, very supportive of our endocrine systems and helping us in maintain what hormones we do have left. So for I know for some people, maybe they're willing to do fish, for example, and for other people, that's completely off the table. And so what they need to do is get on that Google machine. Mm-hmm. How many grams of protein in lentils? How many, like, right. you know, what is- We also have a lot of fiber, fiber, like all those okay. things, you know, like the legumes and the beans. And yeah. They have so much um, fiber as well. You know, so the thing is about, about the protein too, like if, if women are going to do nothing else, if they're like, I'm not lifting weights and I'm going to keep doing my cardio, I am going to lose the weight. I'll say, okay, okay. Then all you have to take from this conversation is to eat more protein. And that means every meal and snack has protein in it. So it's kind of around... 30 grams of protein per meal, trying to get somewhere between like 75 and 100 grams of protein a day and not all stacked at the end. Not like, oh, well, you know, I'll kind of skip 
breakfast and skip lunch and have, you know, some berries or a cracker or something. And then I'll just have tons and tons of meat for dinner. No, it's too much on your body. Your body can't process that. Also, let's remember our gut and and our stomach acid is aging right along with the rest of us. So it's about throughout the day is getting that in. And how do we build muscle? More protein. And it makes us feel fuller, longer. So, you know, I have friends who, you know, will will sit down to a lovely meal and then they immediately want a sweet after dinner. And I say, have another piece of fish. And then let's see how much Mm -hmm. of this cookie or ice cream you can eat because you're going to be fuller. You're going to be more satisfied and your blood sugar is going to be. It's going to come down. Yeah. Yeah. I personally am not a sweet person. Some people just like to say I'm bitter. But I, I, like, more than, more than I like salty, boo. I'm salty. Um, I, I, I like savory stuff, right? Which yeah. in and of itself has its own thing going on because Trader Joe's has the most amazing snacks in the world. Um, but again, carbs go away. Uh, so, you know, I'm glad that like I don't have that difficulty being like, oh, I, I'm not going to try to not have that chocolate or that cake or that pie or whatever it is, because I don't actually like them um, or the donut or anything. But it is so, still really hard at the end of the meal to kind of, you know, because I have like, I have, I'm like, you know, you have teenagers in your house. I have a 19 year old, like, I mean, the kid eats me out of house and home. I have to buy snacks. I have to buy the plantain chips yeah. and the cheese puffs and the regular chips and the this and the that and the other. And then they're just there. And you have to have your healthy swap always ready, your dark chocolate, your berries, um, your version of a little something, something that isn't going to totally derail you from looking and feeling fabulous. Right. Okay. What's next on the hit list? Okay. So just on this whole point with with the protein, a way to turbocharge the protein intake would be to also just minimize the carb. We're not demonizing carbs. We're not saying you have to go keto. We're saying, let's just minimize them. So a great approach to doing that is if the carb comes in a box bag package, Mm, that carb is probably better for a holiday weekend or a party, a, a gathering and not Tuesday night. Okay. So what, what carbs does that leave you? That leaves you your beautiful sweet potatoes, your quinoa, um, you know, love all your good food. quinoa, don't you? Yeah. I just love quinoa. And other people, like, you either, <laughs> it's one of those things, you either love it or you hate it. I will okay. say, if you are celiac, quinoa is sometimes not your friend. Even okay. though quinoa is gluten-free on a molecular level, it is very similar to wheat. So the body can get a confused message and have a, okay. like an, an autoimmune type yeah. inflammation response. So if, if you are celiac and you are eating quinoa, maybe... Don't eat it for a couple of weeks and see if you feel better. Right. Side note, not related to what we're talking about. Okay, exactly. what's next? Yeah, what, so we've, there... we, we've said we're going to stop trying to lose weight. We've said we're going to lift heavy weights to recomp our body. We said we're going to eat more protein so we can build that muscle, feel fuller longer, satiate, and, and well into our 60s, 70s, and 80s. So that's all about like this. Now let's talk about the head and the heart. Um, this is our queen time. We are no longer princesses. We are no longer mommy, mommy, caregive, even if we are mommies and caregiving. And let's talk about like what I mean by that. When we're younger and we're extremely fertile, we want to naturally nurture and caregive. And it doesn't just stop with our children or our pets. It's everyone around us. 
And as our fertility, as our ovarian function is diminishing and our fertility is leaving or has left the building, we no longer have that urge, that primal urge to nurture and caretake everyone around us. <laughs> That's why I'm such a bitch. Make it all dinner. What do you mean? Where's Mama, where's, what's for dinner? Mama, what's for dinner? <laughs> Yeah, Look you're like I don't know, babe. Tell me. Okay, ask me. Yeah, but you, but, but we're going to speak about multiple generations. I spent some time last week with my parents. My mom is like doing her thing, but I made everybody lunch at like three p.m. And I was like, "Here's your chicken sandwich, whatever." And then at around six, my dad's like, "Well, what's for dinner?" And I was like, "I don't know. We had dinner. Like we had. We had a meal. Litter. I, he was looking at me like, what? What do you mean? Are you, I, you can give him that Pee Wee Herman response. I don't know, but who are you? <laughs> what about you? <laughs> well, exactly. I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> you are, but what am I? And, and other ways this can play out is some friendships may end, some family relationships may, you may create a little distance with them because you're no longer willing to maybe like eat people's shit. And um, it's a great time to be really firm with your boundaries, with yourself, and with others. So if my if I have boundaries with myself around eating more protein, minimizing carbs, having that workout schedule, if I have this boundary with myself, it's much easier for me to have boundaries with other people. And my right. favorite word is no. Hmm. Can I, I hear you say it? So no. My number is no. no. My name is no. no. Is no. <laughs> you got to go. And okay, so, it's so really no, embracing, no, no, yeah, yeah, embracing that queen time, and that's why you will see, uh, you know, it's a time in our lives when our friends are starting to get divorces because they're just like, you know what, I can't do, I can't do this anymore. Well, exactly. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. Rebecca has this friend who has, who, well, two friends. You know, our our one friend who you went to visit in Mexico, who's creating this kind of commune and you know of, of friends to come and have places there so they can yeah. all live together and your other girlfriend who but I mean that one is like you know your your whole families you know families yeah. coming and doing it whereas your other girlfriend is doing it just for women wants her girlfriends to come and each have a cabin in the south of France and and by, the way, by the way she is married to a man and she's like no Jean Guido he can come and visit but he's not living with us because I just have to look after him and, and <laughs> to speak to your point and I think as you get older you go oh wow like the women kind of know how to look after themselves and this idea of caregiving constantly is not that appealing anymore probably for the reasons you're speaking about and oh, yeah. now it's just like, oh, okay, this is this is my time. Even, yeah. Yeah. Girl, so it's time to be on the med, man. We need to be on the med embracing queen time. Yeah. Embracing your queen time. Yeah. 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 It's my queen yeah. time. What do you want from me? Right. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna use that next time. Next time they're like, oh, can you give me nope, it's quite my queen time. What do you want? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> We're gonna get t shirts to say it's my queen time. Yeah, the answer is no. The answer is no. It's Maquinta. Yeah. You yeah. guys are great okay. students. <laughs> the final point that I'd like to make is I would highly encourage women as they're entering perimenopause and menopause is to work with a functional medicine doctor. And the reason that I advocate for this is our regular uh, conventional doctors, they are trained to treat disease states and symptoms. 
Whereas a functional medicine doctor is trained to find the root cause exactly. and to treat that. You know, my functional medicine doctor, for example, she is, you have to be in here every couple of months. <clears throat> we need to be testing your hormones because we have you on bioidentical and we have to make sure that we're not over or under treating you. So is a functional medical doctor, is that the same as a nutritionist? Uh, how um, is it different? It's just Natural in their, tra their, tra their training. So a functional okay. medicine doctor is trained to look for root cause of disease rather than just treat the disease or the symptoms right. around it. So they're, they're still a medical doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Do they come at it from the perspective of preventing what's going on in my future or they, because they're not trained to just deal with disease? Um, well, a functional medicine doctor, for example, might put you on bioidentical hormones and mm -hmm. be testing your adrenals because if your adrenals are exhausted, your adrenals are not able to be part or part of that creating your sex hormones. But if your adrenals are nice and healthy, then they're like sending out those signals to continue to create at least some sex hormones. And then you would want to be testing those to make sure, well, if my adrenals are all happy and gorgeous now, let's make sure we're not over treating. Right what was my um my hormonal imbalance because then you'll just become super horny is that um, <laughs> well um, it's I not all, it's all your sex hormones <laughs> more like uterine cancer or no, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but you know so back to Sorry. back to for the women that you know just financially this is never going to be an option they can only see in network doctors then i would say well you're always on your phone so let's educate you while you're scrolling. And so there's yeah. people that I would suggest that they follow. <laughs> Dr. Stacy Sims, JJ Virgin, Dr. Ooh. Mary Claire Haver. And I would highly recommend that all women in our age group read this book by Dr. Oh, Stacy okay. Sims. She okay. has made it her life work to study perimenopausal and menopausal okay. athletes. Great. And her, this is, you know, for $19.99, which is a little cheaper than a functional medicine doctor, you can get a lot of education on recomping your body. And then if you just don't understand hormones, well, what does estrogen do? What, what does progesterone do? Start with this book. This mm. book explains every hormone in the way that we're chatting right now. And there's even a little quiz in the beginning that you can take to help you understand well, that's, what's my hormonal imbalance. That's uh, Sarah Gottfried, right? Yeah, that's Dr. Sarah Gottfried. Yeah. Great. Oh my God, I'm so happy we're speaking. This is helping me. me. No, honestly, because I feel like, you know, I should know all of this, but, you know, Lana and I have set out to sort of do this roadmap for women and go through different aspects of being in your 50s and 60s, things that you can get into into line in order to sort of age in the way that we want to age. And, you know, I think what's great is for our age group is it's kind of starts being driven by vanity because we're in a WTF with our waistlines. And, <laughs> and I you know, absolutely so much. Yeah. Um, and so if vanity starts the party, great. Thank you, vanity. This has been so much fun. Yeah. Uh, laughing yes. and learning with you. Um, Really, and thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, and you know, I think everybody is going to leave this and exercise and eat well and say no when they have to and exactly. not be a, a slave to trying to lose weight. You know, we're all gonna be better for it. So gee, thank you, thank you so much. And so thank great you. to see you.
Okay, that was fantastic. fantastic. So fun, right? Love, love, love. Yeah. So I think my takeaways would have to be love her talking about the weight because I actually did start that. But really, for me, it was that permission to say no right. to people. Your like, boundaries. Me time, queen times. My my queen. That time. is really, yeah. and that's really and hard to do. I mean. You know, obviously that's something I love too, but because uh, I love saying no to people. But um, actually, I, my favorite uh, takeaway from this was the adding protein and making sure you have it at every meal. So really great conversation with her. Um, I think I learned a lot. You know, you learned a lot. Uh, yeah, I did too. So much and doable. Yeah.